There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Speakers and Cleats, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Roy, joined by... I have no idea. Yeah, it's way over your guys' head. <laughs> Chuck Megatinic, uh on my right, far right, Don Harris on my immediate right. Gentlemen, how was the weekend? Hi, Matt. I know. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. I know. You did a great job on that Uvalde coverage. Thank you. Yeah, that's why I wasn't here on Thursday. Uh, lots of breaking news out there. It was a very long day in Uvalde, but well worth it. I think it was cute to see you and your wife doing live shots together without everybody not knowing that y'all are married. Yeah, Jordan was... Elder now joins me in. Yeah. Jordan. <laughs> Should have sent by her legal name. Jordan Roy now joins me. No, no uh, coincidence here. Um, no, no relation. No relation at all. No. But yeah, no, that was fun. Uh, it was the first time her and I have actually been able to be like on camera doing a story together. So that was fun. You, did, you guys did a great job. Thank great you. coverage. Thank you. Thank you. And Zach, uh, thanks to Zach Hedrick filling in with uh, Chuck. On Thursday, you guys did a good job as well. We listened to it on the way back, so I made made sure everyone oh, got to hear it. Oh, it's like nails on the chalkboard, eh? No, I mean, there was a, I was listening to Greeny the other day, and he was like, I don't listen or watch anything when I'm not there because I don't want to see someone do it better than me. But I like seeing people. <laughs> well I, said. But I like seeing it, uh, people do it better than me, so then I know what, what I can improve. So uh, anyway, let's get to number 69. A uh, couple of good ones. Mainly in football, Jared Allen uh, should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why he's not yet, to be honest with you. Uh, Mark Schlereth, David Bakhtiari for you over there, Chuck. Oh, yeah. Is there is there one that I'm missing, uh, no, Don? you got some good ones there, I think. Uh, jersey numbers don't pop out to me. Uh, 69, what pops out to me is the amazing Mets. The Miracle Mets. The Miracle Mets. That's a good one as well. I, that, I that's, that's just the thing that's stuck in my head. As we start to get to these. And maybe Woodstock? Was that 69 or 70? I don't know. Well, now Go we're going to have to look at it. See, here we are. We're on, going off the rails stop. again. <laughs> um, did you guys August start? 15th, 1969. Oh, okay. See, you guys remember Woodstock it. and the Mason Mets. <laughs> okay, there you go. I mean, I, since we're getting into these later numbers, I'm, I'm starting to look up, like, years instead of just jersey numbers. So... 69 was the Namath Guarantee game. Yeah. Biggest upset in Super Bowl history. Super Bowl three. Probably the game that changed the course of the NFL as we know it. I mean, it, without that game, everyone was starting to question whether the AFL and the NFL should even play against each other because the the, uh, the Packers were just creaming people. Uh, Chuck? Yeah, they've made a history of doing that, yeah. by the way. Yeah, except for this weekend. Except for um, on Saturday. <laughs> on Fox. Good number, though. Good number. Good number. Um, led right into our newscast if anyone watched on uh, at nine o'clock. Actually, it was more like ten twenty-five. So but. if if Super Bowl one was actually called the AFL NFL Championship game, so yep. there was no merger at that time, right? So then Super Bowl two was the first game of the merger. No, they they merged after Super Bowl three, or they merged after the uh, Jets Colts game. Okay, this is so this it's is pre merger. This was the impetus for the merger. I gotcha. Um, at, at least. 
I think that is. If I'm incorrect, somebody correct me. But uh, December 6, 1969, number one, Texas beat number two, Arkansas. Century. Game of the century. 15, Nixon 14. Goes on to win the AP National Championship. Yep. Uh, and 69, the MLB expanded to 24 teams. The Royals and the Seattle Pilots in the AL and the Montreal Expos and Padres in the NL. So some important 69 numbers. Uh, let's get to divisional round recap. We have a big slate here. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot more about the Texans and Ravens than we are about anybody else. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about Cowboys because Don and I haven't gotten to give our two cents yet on uh, McCarthy and Jerry Jones and them not winning a championship or even uh, making any changes. So we're going to get to do that, and then we'll talk. Obviously, we'll talk about Wemby since the Spurs are playing a lot better as of late. Um, might be because they're playing really bad teams, but who knows. Uh, Chiefs beat the Bills last night by three on uh, a kick that was very eerily reminiscent of S- Scott Novak. or St- Norwood. Norwood, thank you. Novak is a different kicker. Uh, Norwood in uh, 91 against the Giants. Eerily similar feeling uh, for those people in eastern New York. Where did you watch that game, Matt? Uh, from my – from the womb. Like <laughs> – <laughs> I watched wow. it on on NFL Classic. <laughs> yeah, I was, the, I was, that was just pushed yet. right. That one last night looked like my one of my golf shots. Oh. It was just like you don't know where it's going. Sometimes that was wicked. It was a it was a yeah like defied up. physics or something. The amount of screaming going on in my living room from my wife Jordan, who is a massive Chiefs fan, was is she a massive Chiefs fan or? Is she just a Taylor Swift Swift fan? No, she's a Chiefs fan. Sadly, okay. I it's really really depressing. I sent uh, her family a text a little bit earlier today, and I was like, just so you guys know, ever since I've met you, the Chiefs have not have advanced to at least the championship game or won the Super Bowl. So if you guys could stop for just one year, that'd be great because this is really annoying as a Broncos fan. It's very <laughs> Astros of the Chiefs. It is, but. Uh, last I was listening to the, to the radio today, and there was people making the comparison that the Bills are going to be the new Cowboys, where they just can't get over the hump. They just can't do it. Well, the Bills have always been that team, if history yeah. dictates. Yeah. Oh, it, and went to a four straight Super Bowls and lost. Yeah, the two of those to the Cowboys, which yeah. were just complete drubbings in, what, 94, 95, well, The second one was a little more competitive. 93-94. Yeah. Second one was a little bit more competitive, but the first one was like what fifty-two seventeen something. Like yeah, that. it wasn't that close. Who yeah. did the halftime in that sh- that first Michael Jackson. Good recall, dude. Nice. Who did the Who did the national anthem in the Scott Norwood kick? Mm, was that Whitney? Yes. No kidding. All right. The greatest of all time, other than maybe Marvin Gaye at the eighty-three. Didn't the Prince Oscar Prince game. had a great one? Prince had oh, a great Prince halftime great. show. Prince was Miami fantastic. in the rain. And to be honest, Bruno Mars's when he just performed great. alone was fantastic. Fantastic. Um, we keep getting off on these tangents, guys. Uh, yes. So I have one question coming out of this game. I mean, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the next round on Thursday. One question coming out of this game is: If you guys owned the Bills, if you're Pagula, do you fire Sean McDermott after that performance? If I can get Belichick. If I can beat Atlanta to get Belichick, I make, I make the move. Just, but only for Belichick. Because I think Belichick would do that. He don't want. He wants to break that that record. Yeah. Of the most coaching wins. Yeah. He needs twenty six. I think. And, he, and he's got. A, he's got. He needs a quarterback. And they're primed to win. They're ready to win. So I think he takes that job over the Atlanta job if it's offered. When you see like where that team is, they keep losing in the divisional round and it's it it's almost reminiscent of like 
it's almost reminiscent of like those Suns teams in the '90s and, when, and all those other teams, the Jazz in the '90s, who just can't get past Michael Jordan. And it, it well, there's, coming, a, there's a great guy on the other side, you know. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if Patrick is Michael Jordan in this scenario, which he's honestly framing up to be at this point in his career as one of the greatest of all time at his position in his sport, um, it's almost it's kind of feels like that. Like you have the Michael Jordan of your time in your sport right now, and you just can't break through. That's what it feels like if, if you're a Bills fan. Yeah, kind of a victim of bad timing. Exactly. Yeah, I think I talked about the Bills a few weeks ago where it just seems like they're too good to be this Mediocre. not great, right? <laughs> yeah. Even during the regular season, it's like they're a hard team to watch or to get behind because you see what they could be, and then there's always the flip side of it too. So it's tough. I mean, I'm sure it's tough for Bills Nation. And they made it abundantly clear with the amount of snowballs, by the way, super classless. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing snowballs at players. The I best mean, part of that game was Jason Kelsey shirtless, just like <laughs> throwing it out and then jumping almost. Do you see him almost fall? Because he jumped out of the press box onto like a sheet of ice and just almost ate crap. <laughs> but hey, man, how about an offensive lineman be able to get back in that booth in, in a single bound? I thought. He's always been a little undersized. That, those guys are great athletes. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're the you best athletes I mean. on the field, yeah. Don. Come on. That was yeah, an you, impressive move. You don't get yourself to that level. I don't care. You, you can't just be a speed bump. All right, right let's, get, let's get one thought from Chuck on the Niners-Packers games from our resident Packers fan. Obviously, the Niners lose by three. The, uh, Jordan Love played a good game but threw a, a very Brett Favre-esque pass to end that game. So what was your thought? My thought was – the better team didn't win, and I think you guys watched the game too. I mean, they pretty much dominated them, and there were some bad calls with some spots and stuff like that that obviously I think a lot of people had a problem with. But overall, that was a Niners team that could have been had on that night based on what I was seeing. You know, if you pressure Brock Purdy up the middle, he's going to have problems. And, you know, I think it's probably fair to say that we should give both quarterbacks a pass given wet balls and often on deluges. But – Boy, that was really criminal in a lot of ways that 33, best player on the field, 21 you can make the argument too, and since Debo was hurt most of the game. But 33 doesn't touch the ball on the final drive. And then Jordan Love, how many times do we see him get and evade and elude and get himself out of trouble just to make a bad pass? That was very astonishing in a lot of ways. As someone who bet the over, I was hoping they tied it up and sent it to overtime. Um yeah, we're not even talking about the kicker, right? But it was <laughs> Anders Carlson is—he's—he uh, he might be on the hot seat going into next season. I—I I don't want to out anybody too bad here, but I got a text from my son right after the missed kick, and all I got was "Hello, darkness, my old friend." He <laughs> 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 saw that one coming. I think a lot of us did too. So Lions, Bucks, uh, Lions win by. You raised him well. <laughs> to know that kind of to know those lyrics, yes. Lions win. I think by you got it eight. from Disturbed, though, not from the original. <laughs> Shout out to Josh Reynolds uh, scoring the touchdown. John Jay yeah. uh, alumni. So shout out to our San Antonio kid there. I think had that, another big ke- big catch. It was called back. Yeah, I mean he ended hold. What, thirty-four yards or so, two catches, thirty-four yards and a touchdown. Not bad for a uh, playoff performance from him. So he continues to make himself. Uh, uh, yeah, had a career word, year. Whatever word I'm looking for. Is uh, relevant. Relevant. Thank you. Yes, he had a career year in a lot of in a lot of situations. A lot of it's just because he's been fairly healthy this year. But I mean, it's his seventh year in the league already. He's yeah. had quite a career. Absolutely. Most uh, of them with golf, by the way. Six of the seven years. Let's get to Ravens Texans. Obviously, the one that's more most pertinent to us here. Uh, 
34-10. It was 10-10 at half. They really just couldn't get anything going on offense uh, throughout the entire game. They couldn't run the ball to save their lives. Devin Singletary did not have a, a path. Uh, Damien or Pierce just did, couldn't get on the field, and it was basically C.J. Stroud go win the game for us and kind of proved that the Ravens' defense is legit. I mean, that's just how it is. So, After, you know, I don't watch a ton of other games other than the Cowboys and Texans because of what I do. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, watch highlights. After watching a full Ravens game, nobody's beaten them. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen in the middle just reminds you of that 2000 Ravens defense with with Ray Lewis in the they're, middle. Their two middle linebackers are just so phenomenal. And and Lamar is just a video game. It's just they're. I don't think anybody beats them. They, I just tip your cap to them. They uh, were the far better team than the Texans, and you're talking, you know, about defense, it, the the defense and the crowd, and then, you know, I think Lamar's Jackson has improved to the point and matured that he's not going to make the huge mistakes anymore. They were just to me, they were the most impressive team of the weekend. And I think you add another layer to this too. And we talked about this before about managing the season if you're a coach. Like, you can't let Lamar Jackson run like that during the regular season. He gets hurt, and then you don't have him when you need him. But now everything's on the table, and that's what other teams are going to get. You might have guys that are doing a great job covering on the back end, but when all else fails, he's going to tuck it and go, and they are going to be a real problem now with putting what they just put on film against the Texans for everybody else to have to try to figure out how to stop. In my opinion, that was a legacy half for for Lamar Jackson. You couldn't – of all the demons that he had coming in, the one for three in the playoffs, he doesn't cover big spreads. They lose those big games seemingly every year. To come out tied after you, your uh, special teams gives up that touchdown to tie the game up before half, and you kind of you seceded a little bit of that momentum to come out and just shut the door right away with four, three touchdowns in the second half. It was just apparently he lit up everybody in the locker room at halftime. Yeah, which is also something that he's not used to doing. Right. Like he's he's usually that Eli Manning type leader, that the quiet, reserved one yeah. that kind of just goes around, puts his arm around people, and whispers into their ear a little bit, like "Hey, come on!" But now he's being that vocal leader that I, I think the team is really go, uh, getting around. And uh, I think that was a legacy half. I don't. Plus, see they're getting their best player back. Yeah, I mean, the tight end from Oklahoma. They're, yeah, they're getting Mark Andrews back. They're yeah. getting Marlon Humphrey back. They're they're getting healthy at the right time. Kyle Hamilton should be able to cover uh, Travis Kelsey pretty well. I just that team's a wagon, man. A team is a wagon. But as far as the Texans go, um, this season went a hundred times better than any of us ever expected it going. Uh, whether you thought they were going to win this game or keep it close or cover or, or what else, no matter what happened in this game, the season was a success for the Texans. 100%. A lot to love building forward with D'Amico Ryans. Um, their def- the way they overcame injuries, you know, you know, Tank Dell didn't play. They're going to get him back. They got a good running game with Singletary. Um, but because of the way the NFL schedule is made, right, they – they won three year three games a year ago, so they play a bunch of bad teams this year. Mm-hmm. Now that they've won ten games, their schedule's going to get tougher. People are not going to overlook them. People are going to know about C.J. Stroud. They're going to game plan. I wonder if it's tougher from, to go from three wins to ten wins or what's ahead of them sustaining what they've built. That's fair. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a little bit harder, but you have to like the situation that they're in, right? I mean, you brought up the fact that 
They were banged up this year. They're going to be, you have to believe more healthy. I mean, you can't be any less healthy than they were this year. They were top of the heap in terms of number of guys on IR yet still made the playoffs and their cap space is really, they, they've got a lot of it. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, you've got to believe that they would be able to have a better chance at sustaining next year, given all the variables that we just spoke about. They need to have another successful draft class, mainly on the defensive side. It seems like on the offense, their offensive line is pretty much locked up. They have <laughs> CJ, they have their receiving weapons. They might need a running back. They might need another tight end. Dalton Schultz is going to be a free agent this, this offseason. You don't know if they're going to resign him or not. Um, the backup tight end that they have is fast as all get out. Um, you saw that when he ran for, what, 75 yards against the Browns. Uh, oh, that Brevin Jordan? Yeah, Brevin yeah, Jordan. He's, he's really, he is quick, yeah. uh, for especially for someone as big as he is. So I, I think that on their defense, they need a lot more dudes, whether that's the D-line, the linebacking core, back up to Derek Stingley, maybe someone opposite Derek Stingley over there. So I think that's how they take the next step. But I was asked a really, really uh, interesting question yesterday. So I wanted to ask you guys the question. If you were starting a team right now, and I gave you the option of picking Jordan Love or picking C.J. Stroud to start the team with, after seeing what we've seen, not counting their cap space, who would you start a team with? Because I think after what you saw from Jordan Love in the last nine games, he, I think he was 18-1 and one TD to interception ratio in the last nine games, eight games of the season. He's shown that he can play really well. I think C.J. is going to be the rookie of the year, obviously. So... Who would you start a team I, I with? I watch a lot more CJ. To me, I'm not going to die on that hill on either one. I, it's a coin flip to me. I I would probably say CJ. I like his arm talent. Um, I like the way he handles himself, and I think this year he had a lot of clutch comeback wins, last drive wins. To me, that's a huge characteristic because to me. That's the same thing separating Dak from being elite is that he doesn't have the clutch gene. Mm -hmm. I think CJ has that. I don't watch enough of Jordan Love to know if he does. Yeah, I mean, so you could do the age thing, right? You can always say that CJ's younger. To me, CJ is sturdier, and I just like the fact that this guy was a rookie and he just doesn't turn the ball over. To yeah. me, if you can start with that, yeah. that's a hell of a base to go from. And obviously he has a lot more attributes than just not turning the ball over. And I think he's more accurate than yeah. Jordan Love at this point. I mean, obviously, neither one of these dudes' stories been completely written. Right. So I would go C.J. Stroud at this point, too, with – Again, having the benefit of having seen C.J. Stroud more than I have, more than just cut-ups of What if I was Jordan to Love. add Brock Purdy into that? I would put him it would, three. It would still be C.J.? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to check because I, I, would, I would go the same way. I would go C.J., then Love. Um, I think Love is really good, but I C.J.'s clutch gene, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you here, Don. You've seen him in college be clutch, big games against Georgia at Ohio State. Like You see what he can do. Uh, in those big games. And you plus, saw it against the Browns. Like, he he showed up huge as a rookie in a playoff game. Yeah, plus the injuries that he had to guys outside. Yeah, exactly. And Dalton missed a lot of time this year. I mean, I know these other quarterbacks are dealing with the same kind of nonsense with the injuries and all that, but I don't know. If you got to pick one, I think CJ's the guy. Yeah, and I think scouts don't miss a lot, you know? Like, look who's left. Goff, was he number one overall pick? Yep. Purdy. Uh, <laughs> Purdy, you, you brought him up. And Mr. I, that was, Irrelevant. That was my point. He was Mr. Irrelevant. So Stroud and I think Love 
Both were what? First round. I mean, Love, Love was, I think, 27, 25, something like that. Okay. But I mean, CJ was two. Allen, number one overall? No, Allen was sixth, I think. First quarterback taken? No. He was after Baker. Wow. Mahomes? Mahomes was the second quarterback taken after Mitch Trubisky. Oof. No, maybe he was third because Deshaun, I think, was was before him. He yeah. was that same draft class. It was those were the three. That was the big thing with the Bears is that they drafted Mitch instead of Deshaun or uh, Patrick Mahomes. But like you see, you look at the quarterbacks that are left, and you have Lamar last pick in the first round. I forgot what year it was. Twenty seventeen, eighteen Heisman winner. Now probably going to be a two time MVP. You have Patrick, who I believe was the twelfth pick in the draft, traded up. The Chiefs traded up, I think, from twenty seven to get him in that position. Then you have Brock. Obviously, who is the last pick in the draft? Outlier, outlier of of the century. I think everybody. I think I saw a stat. Every quarterback this weekend was a first round pick, except for Brock Purdy, I believe. So, uh, let's get to the Cowboys real quick. So, the Cowboys. Obviously, you and I weren't here, Don, last week to give our takes. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give mine real quick. I know you have one as well that you did on uh, Don's extra point. So, in my opinion, the the move to keep. Mike is um, a move to just stay in the headlines. Like Jerry is continuously showing he doesn't give a crap about winning a Super Bowl anymore, in my opinion. I don't think that he cares. I don't think he wants – maybe he wants to, and if it happens, it happens, but I don't think he cares about winning a Super Bowl. I think he cares about staying in the headlines, anchor, or starting off the show on ESPN every day, people talking about his franchise. We've all said he's the best at doing that. He is the best at doing that. Keeping Mike McCarthy is going to assure you a 10-win season, at least, in my opinion. But it's not going to assure you any more than that. And doing this, keeping the status quo, maybe even bringing Dan Quinn back, no heads are rolling, nothing's happening. You're just going to be like, all right, let's run it back so we can win 12 games, stay in, stay maybe in contention all year, and then lose again in the playoffs just so I can make some more money. That's all it says to me. Yeah, I had my own hot take on this last week, and I don't know that it was completely fair because I don't really have an, uh, uh, a fix, right? Um my take was insanity by definition is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I went back to 21, 22, and I showed clips of me on extra points talking about, you know, the kneel, the whatever it was, the quarterback sneak and try to spike at the end of the Niners game where they miscalculated the time and they, that ran out time management issues, mm -hmm. which he had, he had time management issues against the lions too. Uh, that got overlooked when they won that game here a couple weeks ago where they threw the ball on second down. It's every it's every game. And then Dak is the bigger issue because he's going into year nine and has never shown us the clutch gene that we've talked about with CJ. But the what's the alternative? Can you is the alternative bringing in Belichick is the alternative you can't do anything with Dak's contract. You have to have Dak Prescott on your team. You, you can't have $50 million in dead money. But I would never in a million years give him another five years at $200 million to have him in year 14 doing the same thing. So I don't know what the answer is. But to me, the answer, I agree with you that certainly Dak, I'm a bigger believer in McCarthy than I am in Dak, is not the answer. Well, because McCarthy's done it before. Yeah, but... I think getting the headline would have been to do the Belichick move. That would have gotten the most headlines. I think Jerry's looking at it like this. What gives me the best chance to win it all next year? And you can make the argument that running it back, after seeing what they did in the regular season, 
might be that versus blowing it up, getting a new quarterback. Who would that be? The way and I, going with Belichick or somebody else. The way I look at it is like almost. Remember when the Warriors hired Steve Kerr and fired Mark Jackson, even though Mark Jackson was taking them to the second round every year. Yeah, but there. there was a lot. There, there was a lot of else there, but what I. Look at that and see is if you change the head guy and maybe tweak the attitude and tweak the culture around there, then it you can explode and actually make the most out of the talent that's on your team. Because I think we can all agree that the talent that's on the Cowboys is top five in the league. They have a talented roster up to, from top to bottom. What they're not doing is getting the most out of that talent. Whether that's, It doesn't all fall on Dak, but it falls on all of the players that are on that team who aren't tapping into their full potential because of the coaching staff. I, I just know this. I, I watched these games this weekend, and a number of times things popped into my head like that's better than what the Cowboys would have – than what McCarthy would have called in that situation. Yeah. Like there's a lot – some of these young OCs that are that had a lot of creativity. Yeah, how, uh, about, how about the Packers on Saturday night? I mean, some of the nuanced pick plays that they yeah. were running with yeah. were picks. But or the they Texans. Were just, you know, like on the two-point conversion was really tricky. I mean, had three wides, and all three of those wides were just there so that 33 yeah. could get wide open, and the linebacker had to get chipped by four different dudes. There was no way he could cover them. I, you're right. I said the same kind of thing. It's like, wow, I don't see that kind of creativity in some of these plays. No. But, again, they're going to have a whole offseason and another year with this offense to possibly see that they can maybe make it a little more – Pizzazz, but Chuck, driven. Here's the thing, like when it comes to this roster, this is as good as the roster was going to get. You went now looking forward. Now you have to resign Micah Parsons, who is arguably the best at his position. You have to resign Ceedee Lamb, arguably arguably the best at his position, and the cow. Or and you have to sign Dak, who is top ten, give or take, at his position. But you have to pay him like he's a top three. That's what so, I don't get. So why? Because because the cap number is sixty million dollars next year. So you have to sign him for an, an extension and lower the cap number by giving him more money. Yeah, and there's no way to deal him any other way. You can't exactly. cut him. You can't trade him. No. You can't. And that's and that's the thing. Like, you're going to re-sign Micah, and he's going to make $35 million a year because that's the going rate for a top-tier pass rusher right now. That's what TJ Watt made, He's gonna and he's going to make so more money. So they're going to have to make this work. You're I mean, going to have to pay C.D. Lamb $25 million. That's 60 right there, and then 60 to Dak. There's half of your cap space for three players, plus the Trayvon Diggs deal. They are screwed. Yeah. You um, wanted to use another word there, didn't you, big yeah, fella? Yeah. <laughs> they are screwed. Hey, the Packers the are getting ready. I just saw Adam Schefter tweeted about they're going to give Jordan love. It's like, see, these these are why the opportunities on Saturday night that the Packers had, you could say, well, the foundation, now it's going to be the same thing. You built a nice team, a nice young team, historically young team, around a quarterback who's not making – he's still working under his rookie deal. Now the dynamic is going to change. So all of these good young players are also going to be seeking some more money at some point. Now you have to start pairing them off and hope that you draft well, which they've been eh. – How did the Chiefs do it after giving Mahomes all that money, Kelsey all that money, they've and got Chris Jones all that money? Kelsey doesn't make that much money. Really? He only makes 12 13 Well, they got Jones. Jones was re-signed to a one-year deal. Yeah, they don't, they it... don't have a lot of people that make a lot of money on their on their team right now. They like when they they almost treat it like um, uh, Belichick did all those years. Like they trade guys before they want the big deal. Like they signed Tyreek, but Tyreek wanted more, so they traded Tyreek. 
kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, plus look at their receiving core. They're making pennies on the dollar because they, that's what they deserve. Yeah, it's, this is going to be the, the thing that the Packers face. It's just like the Cowboys. It's like, we all like Dak. We just don't like Dak at that price because of what it does to the rest of your roster. And that's, the Packers are going to be in the same canoe. Yeah, and when you look at... Who would you rather have? Let me ask you this. Big money. Let's say the going rate for the best at that position. And I know quarterback makes more than receiver whatever. But apples to apples, CD... Micah, Dak, you got to trade one in order to save your cap. Who, who do you keep? Who do you trade? Well, you can't get rid of Dak because you don't have his replacement. So for every, again, it goes back or to where everything he's not, he is the other side. He's so, harder to replace. They went right. four. They went four and zero with Cooper Rush. They got they got Trey Lance sitting there. I would I would trade Dak or cut Dak because. One, you could get the most for him. Two, it would save you the most on your cap. You would have debt, some does debt any, money. Does anybody want that That A hundred percent. All that money on I, the cap? If you're the Falcons, I'd want Dak if I was the Falcons. With yeah, the, but you could get equal value back. No, you'd, get a, you'd probably get a first and a second round pick. I think you could trade Dak for two firsts. Well, well I, don't, I don't know. I think you could trade Dak for two first. I mean, that's always a tough one too, because given his age, I mean that, and then the injury too. He doesn't move like he used yeah. to be able to move. I mean, that's apparent. No, he doesn't. But the, this is all suffice to say we're going into one of the ugly, what is probably going to be one of the ugliest off seasons for the Cowboys in a long time, especially if they bring Dan Quinn back. You already have. They're not. He's getting three interviews this week. Yeah, he's going to get one of those jobs. He might get to the Seattle job. I don't know if he's going to get a job, but but the, even if he doesn't get a job, do you keep him or do you fire him? If he doesn't get another job, they're not going to fire him. Exactly, but that's the, that's the whole point is that you have hundreds, of thousands, and millions of fans out there that are just seeing you be like, "Eh, it didn't work this time. Let's try again next year." Yeah, and this is, and then you already have family members of Ceedee Lamb and Dak Prescott going off on Twitter on other teammates. It's like this is going to be one of the most tumultuous off seasons I've ever seen for the Cowboys. Yeah, it's always hard from an organizational standpoint because it's like you know. Again, you have a seven seed, the Packers, that was this close to beating not only the two seed, which they whipped, but they almost beat the one seed. And so, you know, do you change everything or make drastic changes based on somebody else's hot streak or your bad day at the office? I mean, those are hard questions to answer, right? I can certainly understand Cowboy fans' frustration. I just don't know what you do. I think yeah. it goes back to your point. Yeah. You, There's what no, is the solution? What's the solution? But you know this. They preyed on a lot of weak teams, and not just this year, because they were good this year uh, in a lot of ways. But when it comes down to the moments that made Montana and Bradshaw and Aikman and Mahomes, those, you know, there, there, were some, there were some plays this weekend where you can point back to a fourth and four or a third and eight that you got to have. The guys make the plays – C.J. Stroud might be one of those guys. The guys that can make the play that has to be made, Dak's not that guy. No, he's not. But I guess Because my- it takes accuracy, and it takes uh, arm talent, and it takes all those things that make you either the first pick overall or the fourth rounder from Mississippi State. I guess my point is everything was set for them this year. Everything broke right for them in this playoff run. They had the two seed. They had home field at least until the divisional round. They won the division. Everything broke right. This 
the cap was still under control to an extent. You haven't re-signed, paid your big guys yet. Everything broke right for them, and they still couldn't get it done. So why are you trying to do it all again when the ideal scenario, you couldn't do it, is, my, I guess, my point. Like, why, what are you expecting to change? Insanity. It's the definition of doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Exactly. And Jerry just wants to remain in the, in the headlines, so he's going to not win another championship for another year. So I hope everyone – next year when we're doing this, if Don, if you would convince me to buy into the Cowboys again. I'm not. I swear. I swear. To, I, swear. I deserve my spanking. It, it, it doesn't matter if none of us buy into the Cowboys because there will be a lot of people that will. Sure. And they're going to be a fan no matter what. And that's okay. That's what fandom's all about. But nobody does anything better than the Dallas Cowboys do with staying in the public psyche for good or for bad. That's the worst part is that no matter what happens next year, we're going to lead every podcast from – August until And by training January. camp, we will be sitting here talking about the secret sauce that they've found going into camp, and this is going to be different, and they're going to do this, and boy, they're going to be favorites. How exciting. Uh, we're going to skip the Spurs since we're already a little bit over today. We're going to do more Spurs on Thursday. Hopefully they have another win in their pocket by then. I don't know if they will, but we'll see. Eight. They got a chance Wednesday night. 8-34 and 34 right now. So, But they're playing Embiid tonight. Have you seen what he's doing? Embiid is if if Embiid actually meets the threshold for MVP for the games played, he's already missed like ten. So if he if he hits it, he's going to be the runaway MVP. He has thirty or more in twenty straight games. He's he's insane. It's so nice it's to see. Wilt. Him. And quick tangent. It's so nice to see him healthy. Yeah, like the early really part good. of his career when he wasn't healthy, it was so aggravating for everybody because he was the generational talent. He was the process guy and. It's just so nice to see the best players in the league be the best players in the He's league. He's really good. He's going to eat Wimby alive tonight. Real quick, if he, if you were starting a team in the NBA right now, how far down would Embiid, would Embiid be to start your team with? He's a little old. That's fair. Fifth, sixth, probably. I don't know. Would Wimby be above him? Wimby would be, Wimby would be above him because of age. Jack? Man, I don't know. You guys, I haven't given there, you guys thought. have been ripping on Dak. And I think of man, how come Embiid's going to get a pass here? I'm not, I mean, say, I'm not saying Embiid's a great <laughs> postseason player. I'm just saying I mean, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, I, he's <laughs> oh, nowhere yeah. near my list. No, I'm yeah. not saying I, I'm no not saying way. I would start him or I would pick him over guys like Giannis. I'm just saying I, he's just a really good player. To me, I see a lot of similar. I'm not. I won't go into it, but I just yeah, you got now, a good point with next. the playoff. Playoff well, clutchlessness. I also think a lot of that falls on Doc Rivers, but this is a whole other conversation for another day. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're I gonna might st- take Shea Gillius Alexander. Dude, that dude's amazing, too. Anyway, like I said, we could have a whole other episode based on this conversation. But anyway, we'll talk more about the Spurs on Thursday. That's it for the Sneakers Cleats podcast Monday edition. Remember to download, subscribe, rate, review on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. We'll be back on Thursday. Preview the conference championship games. Hopefully I can pick them right once again. Uh, and we will talk more about the Spurs. We'll see you then.